exactly what I was You were blindsided, say. right? You didn't know about it until mm-hmm. Yeah. Till and the only know, modern medicine ambient <laughs> revealed it to you. Yeah. And it was interesting because after about after about a month of separation, all of a sudden I'm getting Facebook messages, text messages <laughs> of people coming forward and saying, Hey, I just want you to be aware that this happened at this place at this time. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Okay, so Jessica just handed me her phone. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I'm guessing that I'm supposed to read this review. Yeah, so we want to start making this a habit of sharing what you guys have shared with us and just be able to tell you guys thank you for rating and reviewing us because it really does help us and it helps other people because then the word of our podcast gets spread. They can find us easier, they have more access to us, and so. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate that you're sharing because that helps other people as well. Absolutely. All right, so this one is a review from Kendra Miller. Incredible people with heartwarming story. I grew up with Steve's family and have absolutely loved listening to this podcast. Stories of three incredible people who have gone through separate trials and lessons of how to support people when they need it the most. I have learned so much from Jessica's outlook in various situations. I look forward to listening every week, and I'm so impressed by all of your vulnerability. This is the first time I'm reading this one. Why? They're new. Oh. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing it, too, and I'm thinking, who's Kendra Miller? Oh, KK Sue. <laughs> it's a little yep. girl from across the street. All right. The next review. Riveting, beautiful, and moving. I love this story. What a wonderful representation of love and family and togetherness. I'm hooked. That was from OMG Kelly B. I think that's how it is. It's like reading license plate. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one, S. Mitchell 818. Such a great story from a great trio. I've been so inspired by this podcast and the way Steve, Jessica, and Matt share their amazing story. They are a true inspiration in the way they navigate truly tough stuff and come through on the other side, stronger, happier, and with more love for each other. They are each examples of gaining strength through opposition. Plus, they are seriously entertaining. (laughs) I have gasped, laughed, and cried while listening to their stories. Can't wait for the new episode each week. Awesome. All right. Thanks for those reviews. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Yeah. Makes makes me feel good inside. It's the feel goods. I was thinking about in that last one, whenever people say it makes them laugh, it's just you two that make them laugh. Because <laughs> remember, I'm that's not. True. Remember, He's... I'm not funny. <laughs> Do you remember when I had this epiphany when we were married, Steve? Yeah, you kind of had a little breakdown about it. <laughs> really? Thinking that, <laughs> thinking you, that you weren't Steve? funny. Don't know what led up to this, but there was a breakdown. 
It wasn't like a real breakdown. I think I was crying about other things. It was a fake one. It was a fake one. I was upset about other things, and then I was like, and I'm not funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> you like tell the punchline wrong, or I'm just not witty. <laughs> I'm not funny. I please have a good someone, sense of humor. Someone please post a review specifying how funny you think Jessica is. She, ne- <laughs> she needs to hear that. <laughs> she can use the uh, confidence booster. Okay, uh, speaking of other funny breakdowns, not funny. This was a horrifying breakdown for you. But you know you talked about the one where you crawled into the closet. Uh-huh. What? It was an awful day. But... That's where Penny got it. Yeah. Okay, there's an episode in season five of Shit's Creek. All right, who, who listens to Shit's Creek? Or not listens, watches it on Netflix. I've never seen it. Oh, it's the best freaking show. Me, I love though. it. I don't... We're going to put so a post funny, up next week. I need to figure out how to like screen record the portion of the, the episode where Moira crawls into the closet and shuts the door behind herself <laughs> at a house party. She has a house full of guests, and she gets bad news that they're canceling her show, and so she literally crawls into Closet and shut the door. You did this. I thought of you during. It's a good place to cry. Who knew you and Moira had so much in common? (laughs) Can't say that I've ever cried in a closet. Maybe I have. I have to ask my mom. I've only seen you really cry once since we've been married, and then I've seen you get like emotional two other times. So it's not like you're a real crier. That's okay. Yeah. Steve, I've seen cry a few times. (laughs) That's all right too. Yeah, plenty of that. All right, you guys. So we, Steve Steve asked me earlier what we're recording. What are we recording? And I go, we're talking about Matt. All right. He's like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been talking about this for a little bit for the last week or so. That we're going back to talking about Yeah, you. we should probably go back and talk, talk a little bit about where I'm at with my relationships and during, during all this, this time period, chronological time period. And what's Remind- funny is we haven't gotten that far chronologically. <laughs> so we left off with you like... Yeah, where did we leave off? That was going to be my next question. In like... Remind us all. When you and Anne were getting divorced. Yeah. And I think it had been through where you guys were separated, right? Yeah. Where there had been like nine months, because we talked about that. There was approximately that. nine months of separation before... Papers the, got filed. Before the divorce papers actually got filed. Yeah. And that's kind of where we were at is... Okay. When was that? What that year? was like February of the same year that you and I got divorced. Oh. Yeah. So it's Matt a good was good year for all of us. <laughs> that's really. that's when it was filed. That's when it was filed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we're almost to the end of that year. Yeah. So there's nine months in between. Yeah. That. Uh huh. Where yeah. we're at now. Well, and we can go beyond that. It's not like we have to stick to just that time. Yeah. Okay. So where we're we picking up. So I mean, I can talk about that nine months of. There, I think that's an important thing to talk about. Okay. Of that nine months that you were separated, because there's a lot of things that aren't clear about that that have been kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Like muddy. I don't know. Muddy. But I like your Thank hand you. motion there. Yeah, <laughs> My little like, <laughs> looks like a fish swimming it's, it's swimming been backwards. Swimming like a fish. <laughs> it's been a little fishy. Swimming like a fish doing the moonwalk. Yeah. Um, Equivalent yeah, to I, muddy. I, I would say. It, it has been muddied a little bit. Uh-huh. See, Jessica, you're funny. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Sound purpose, Even though you didn't mean it? to be. <laughs> That's the thing, is I am not intentionally funny, which I'm okay with. I'm fine with people laughing at me. Yeah, I think people I'm laugh just... at you more than with you. <laughs> 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 and I'm okay with that. 
Okay, good. Can that be the name of this episode? I'm laughing at you, not with you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfect. So yeah, going back to the fish looking <laughs> hand motion, I think it has been, well, it depends. Who you ask. Who you ask. Yeah. At this point. If you, and this is sad to say, if you ask my children, they would say and give the answer of the reason why we divorced and separated was because dad, you wanted mom to go to church with you and mom didn't want to go to church with you anymore. And that's why she left. Yeah. And you recently learned that that's the reason they thought that, correct? Yeah. Wasn't this a reason? Yeah, that was, that was about a month ago. When, yeah. Tell us what led up to that. So my son, Hank, I was having kind of a heart to heart with him and, and we were talking about church stuff. And then he told me he doesn't believe in God and, and then he opened up a little bit more about, you know, the whole reason it was all him talking and I let him talk. And he said, the whole reason mom and you got divorced was because you wanted her to go to church. She didn't want to go to church and therefore you guys separated yeah. and needed to get a divorce. And what was your response to that? I told him straight up. I said, that's not the reason why we got divorced. I understand that your mom probably had this feeling of not wanting to go to church anymore. And I was, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to force anybody to go to church. So. And I think it's interesting because, I mean, we have a lot but, of people. But going further to answer his question a little further. Okay. Like, I then proceeded to tell him, like, that wasn't the reason why your mom and I got divorced. And I let him know. I said, right now, I don't think I'm at a position to let you know exactly why we got divorced and give you the details of that. Because right now in your life, it's not that important. Yeah. He's still young. Yeah. And he's 12. So was that an age? It was an age based on his age. Okay. Yeah. But one of the things I think is interesting about that and that I think Hank will see clearly in that is that in this room and in our families and everything, we have lots of people that don't go to church who your kids know that we love and respect and are still very much a part of our family, including like my dad. He's not active in the church, but my mom and dad are still married. My mom goes to church and my dad doesn't. And that's not, you know. That's not a reason for you to get divorced. Yes. I mean, it happens and I understand that, but like we still love those people and cherish them. So that's not, I mean, especially you, I don't see that being a reason why you would get divorced. So. No, and and I'm not going to lie. Like that, that was hard for me. I'm sure it was hard. It was hard for me to, because at this time, like right before we got separated like she was working really late on saturday evening or sunday early mornings and so she wasn't getting up to go to church and it was me getting the kids ready to go to church and and at this time we were living with my parents and my parents helped out a ton to get the kids ready and to get yeah do you think that would have like your feelings toward that would have been different if that had been like a laid out expectation of from her, like, hey, I'm not interested in going anymore, but it's fine if you guys go. Like, if that conversation had happened, you know, you that's think interesting because that be I've never thought of that. Had there been a conversation about never that? Never had. Again, like, we never. So it was never stated by Anne, I don't want to go to church anymore, or right. by you, how you felt about that. Right. Mm. It was just the actions of. But know, that is I mean, the reason that Hank. So it was, it was communicated. I feel like it was communicated by me of, hey, we keep the Sabbath day holy. We don't go shopping on Sundays. Like that—that's. I mean, 
Those are your to, beliefs. We go to church. That's mm-hmm. what my beliefs are. And and my actions were I was going to church every single week still. I was mm-hmm. doing that. And it's like the saying goes, you know, actions always speak louder than words. So her actions did speak the fact that she didn't want to go to church, but it was never, that was never said. There was never a communication of, and that's probably a downfall on my part, right? Of not sitting down and saying, hey, let's have a real conversation about church. Well, I think there were other other things that yeah. prevented well, think, that conversation yeah, from ever taking place. That's <laughs> pretty true. Abruptly you, ended You guys were in a spot that you weren't communicating about much. No. And so that makes it harder to communicate about some of those things. And so I feel like, you know, but that your statement that actions speak louder than words, yes, that is very true. But if you can sit down and have a conversation about those hard things in those situations, at least you guys can understand where the other person's coming from. And that sometimes makes it easier to understand that. And I'm not like saying you guys should have done that or whatever. I'm just saying. Yeah, and I always felt like I couldn't sit down and have a conversation because the second I would bring up a hard discussion or a hard conversation, there was a defensive wall placed up, boom. I mean, it was a constant battle of if there was a a communication or a discussion over the phone, it was, I don't know how many times she hung up on me. Really? Mm -hmm. And, And in my mind was like, I will never hang up on anybody. Yeah. Like if I'm at a point where I have to hang up on somebody, that's because they're either screaming obscenities at me and, yeah. yeah. There's no conversation happening. That's right. when it's like, yeah. So that, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea, though, of where you guys are at going into this divorce or separation. Yeah. Is you're not communicating well within the marriage, let alone now. I know Steve is always asking, but didn't you talk about that? Didn't you? What was the... Oh, just like about what did what happened after that? Did you guys talk? I just couldn't believe that you guys never (laughs) that you never got any closure or got any more details of yeah what happened that you never got any more details of when Anne was unfaithful to you yeah yeah and and I didn't have an opportunity to go and sit down at dinner with who she was unfaithful with (laughs) 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 referring to Jessica and Sebastian yeah (laughs) yeah but I mean yeah. And that's not everybody's course, man. I mean. No, and I can't imagine ever doing that. No, I don't think like most I people could. I couldn't even imagine like being okay with him and his, his car coming and approaching the house. Like, Yeah. And I think that's but, the difference in. I think that the difference in looking at this is like you knew yes. what some of Steve's issues or struggles or whatever they were. And you guys were very open about it. You, exactly what I was You were blindsided, say. right? You didn't know about blindsided. it until mm-hmm. Yeah. Till and the only you know, modern medicine ambient <laughs> revealed it to you. Yeah. And it was interesting because after about after about a month of separation, all of a sudden I'm getting Facebook messages, text messages <laughs> of people coming forward and saying, Hey, I just want you to be aware that this happened at this place at this time. And with Anne, things about Anne. Yeah. Basically saying, hey. You made the right decision. Okay. Yeah. Basically saying, hey, I took this trip with Anne. Here's what happened. Okay. And hey, I. Basically other instances of her being yeah, unfaithful. unfaithful. Yeah. And then it was, and again, it was like, hey, I worked with Anne. 
here's what you probably didn't know. And I didn't know how to tell you. I didn't know how to come to you and let you know. So that's an interesting thing that I think about a lot. Like if you know that somebody's having an affair, do you go tell I like this question. that person? <laughs> so because this is a big question. Is it your place to tell someone? Yeah. I mean, I feel like after the fact, guys... for sure, like then it's okay to support that and be like, hey, this is what I knew. I didn't know how to tell you. But how would you have felt if somebody had come to you before then and told you these things? Like, Yeah, these people that are messaging you on Facebook at this time, did you have the thought, Why didn't where you the heck was before? this information a year ago, two years ago? Or what were you your know, thoughts on that? Would you have wanted to have heard it back then? In my thought, it was more of, hey, timing is everything. Like, yeah. I didn't ever question. They probably felt it was the right time to tell me. So I didn't like question, hey, why didn't you tell me this before? It was more of, I was grateful that they were willing to open up now. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For because that that truly gave me more closure than having this conversation with Anne. Yeah. Because it was coming from somebody who and it's sad to say that I trusted more at this point than Yeah. Than the woman you'd been married to. Yeah. Or were still married to at this point. So that was really interesting for me to get all of these messages via text and and mostly Facebook. And I meant to pull up some of those Facebook messages because I still have them. Mm. But again, it's like, why? I wanted to pull them up to refresh my memory, but at the same time, I didn't want to pull them up to refresh my memory. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, some things are the, just better left. Were there any of those messages that you did not receive well, that you were just like, I don't want to hear this. Don't mm. tell me this. Stop. No. No. So no. you were. I was in a good place with Was myself. it helpful to get that information? Um, did it help you move forward? Did it? It did help me move forward. It did. Yeah. How so? Just well, it like just confirms. It Reaffirming confirms. that you made the right decision. Well, confirming more of why she was making some of the decisions she was making. Yeah. And not feeling the guilt of, did I try hard enough? Oh, okay. Well, and I think it brings you just more understanding of where she was at. Obviously, she was going through something. Yeah. Because that's why people do these things. They're going through something personally. That's not necessarily about you or your relationship. Sometimes it is, but obviously there's something deep that what she was struggling with. And so it gives you more of a sense of, okay, this was her thing. This was something she was struggling with that she needed to deal with yeah. at that time. And I happened to be married to her during that time, you know? I don't know. So did you have that thought of, did I try hard enough? Did you ever doubt your decision to walk away from that marriage? Mm, no, not after it was solidified, mostly by her, of saying, hey, I'm done. Yeah. Because I already knew that I had put in the good fight. And he um, said he would stay. We oh, talked yeah, you about did. that and before. He said, I yeah. will stay. We can work through this. And she came back and said, I'm done. Hmm. And so there's that of that yeah. idea of, okay, I did what I could. I, it's, I, it's time for me to leave. Okay, so during this time when you guys are separated, you, I think we've discussed this, that you had the kids. You were living at your parents' house. Yep. And How old are the kids? Two and three? Th yeah, three and two. Almost okay. four. And I mean, like at what point, we talked about the fact that Anne kind of saw him off and on. Yeah, um, and this was in the episode that we had with my mom. Yeah. So mostly I'm this. like refreshing people. But refresh, it was nine refresh months Refresh my memory. That. What episodes was it that we talked about? Your story, Matt. 
Oh, I don't know. There the were three episodes, numbers. and we had Natalie Hodson stuff in between there. Just remember, I'm trying to remember how many weeks ago, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Like eight, nine, and thirteen or something. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but then at some point, you, because Anne had said she was going to file the paperwork, and you were just kind of waiting for her to do that. And then finally, after nine months, you went and did it because you were yep. ready to move on. Yep. <laughs> and we talked about too, like the fact you didn't date during that time at all. No. No. So no, what and, were you? and during that time too, of being separated, like there was a lot of financial burdens on our record. Like, yeah. And so during this time of separation, before we were divorced, it was I was counseled that hey, before you get divorced, go through with bankruptcy together. And this is this is me being very vulnerable right now, like because not a lot of people like to talk about you know they've gone through bankruptcy. I mean, it's public knowledge, but I had to file for bankruptcy. Yeah. And that was nothing. And I just had a memory that walking into bankruptcy court or the hearing, which is really weird. You basically walk into this big room. There's a big table in the middle. And that's where the federal judge or the federal attorney is sitting to hear your case and why you're filing for bankruptcy. And you're in a room full of like 30 to 40 other people Whoa. with chairs lining the whole. Like, 30 or 40 other people that are there filing, for. Filing bankruptcy. Oh, wow. And so when your name's called or your case is called, you go up with your attorney and <laughs> you tell the whole room <laughs> in front of everybody, like, this is why I'm filing bankruptcy. And then. They sounds start. like it sounds like a support group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're all gonna go to lunch and discuss how we feel about this. Yeah. But basically they start auditing all of your finances and like what what happened to this? What happened to the boat? Why do you have the boat? What like what happened to this car? What and so it's just like holy and like you're in front of everybody. It's like I remember that one of my really good friends, Emmett Corgan, was a new attorney and that was one of the times that the last times that I saw this guy, he was the one that was, was shortly thereafter murdered in that, in the Walgreens oh, parking yeah. lot. But I remember I was going through this divorce and the separation with my wife at the time. And he was confiding also in me about some of the hard situations that he was having. <laughs> and it goes back to this question of should I have gone and told his wife that he was confiding in me? Mm. And I think it goes this way. If somebody asks you who you feel is a good friend and says, hey, can you like, can we keep this confidentiality and so you're not gonna tell anybody? Like that is a bond of trust between those two individuals. Yeah. I would say this, honor that confidentiality first mm -hmm. yeah like as long as the other person's not in danger yeah as far as you know but then i had guilt yeah after everything transpired with him and then i had to sit there and ask myself what could i have done more mm. could i have stopped this murder because if i would have just told and at the time my business partner was his stake president. <laughs> and so when I shared this with my business partner, my business partner partner asked me the question, how come you didn't tell me any of this? 
because I could have tried to counsel them. And I'm like, there was a confidentiality between Emmett and I that he asked me, said, hey, this can we keep this between you and I? I just want some some guidance and some, you know, yeah. thoughts from you. And I said, I'm going to honor that first. And unless I feel prompted very strongly to say, hey, I'm going to seek out this person's bishop or this wife or this whatever, I'm, I yeah. just can't. Yeah. It's not your place. Anyways, so going, <laughs> I guess going back, like that brought back some memories of, oh, it was this kind of a domino effect of being in bankruptcy court. <laughs> Did Anne have my... to be in court with you? Oh, yeah. We had to go together. How was that? It was fine. Yeah. No big deal at that point. No. I, I mean, yeah. Just get it done. Yeah. yeah. And she knew and understood that she needed to go do that. I mean, she'd seen her, I think she'd seen her parents go through bankruptcy a couple times. And so she knew what that, I mean. The process yeah, was. The process. Can I change the subject a little? Yeah. Unless there's more to be said about this, but during this nine months, you had the kids, you had full custody, right? There but was no custody there agreement. Was no custody. And I was, was going to just... ask, was that a custody agreement or was that just how it worked out? Was it that was... something you and Ann talked about? Well, and that's the thing. And that's what also got brought up to Hank was that I was keeping the kids during this whole nine months from Ann, which is not true at all. That's, like, that's what Hank thought yes. you were doing? Yes. Okay. And that's why I wanted to bring this up is specifically, this is such a, when a couple splits, that's so common for the kids to. So there was a mutual agreement because I know Anne loves our kids. I know that. Yeah. I knew for that. Sure. She, and we had the conversation of, hey, I don't feel comfortable with where you're living because you really don't know where you're living. And I don't know these roommates that you have. And I don't want my kids and our kids to be in any situation where may not be safe. Well, and Anne has expressed that to me as well, that she's told me, you know, I wasn't in a position during this time to have the kids staying for overnights because of the exact reason you just said it. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, the best environment for them. Right. And that's not her. That's just where she needed to be at that time. Like she needed to have the roommates and she needed that support. Right. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we both had this understanding that, hey, it is probably best to have the kids stay with me. Yeah. At my parents' house where they're comfortable, where they know who's there. I mean, it's all family. And they'd been living there for already a couple of years. And so I felt like we were in agreement. Obviously, this is coming from what I've heard from my children, like that's not what she's telling them Yeah. Mm -hmm. at this point in time in our lives. So did you have another question? About well, that? I just was wondering just along those lines, like, is there any advice we offer a couple that is splitting up that has kids, how they go about deciding where do the kids stay, who stays in the house, who moves out, who has the kids, who doesn't. There's a lot of different, how, how do you minimize, the negative effects that that has on your kids, I guess. I feel like in your scenario, Matt, it was pretty straightforward. Jessica, in our scenario, I feel like it was pretty straightforward. Was it? I wasn't in a position to have Penny and to be... Okay. And I guess that's, for me, what I keep thinking about is 
try to take yourself out of the equation and right. really, really look at what is best for my child at this time. Yeah. And I which think, is hard to do. And I think Anna and I really did that. I think you did. Kudos to both of you for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess where I get frustrated is like now it's it's it, getting twisted. It's a total twist yeah. of hey, we did the right thing. Like And you both had agreed on that. Yeah. And, and so why twist it? Yeah. Why twist so it? So I guess my you? I guess my advice would be stick to your guns. Let your children know that, hey, you guys are agreeing on this and this is what is best for them. And then stick to your guns. Yeah. Stick to that story and it, stick to what the truth really is. Did you have conversations with them? And again, they're three and two. Yeah, it was really hard to have those conversations with, <laughs> with a two and three year old. Yeah. Of, And it was age appropriate. It's, hey. At, at what age would it have been appropriate to have a conversation about why? Why they're think, with you and not with mom. Any age that they can actually talk, first of all. Yeah. I mean, Hank could talk, yeah. but Sarah could too. Sarah could talk as well, but yeah. she's two. And so it's kind of like, you know, and you tell them that. Kids can understand being safe. Like, hey, your mom's living at this place with other people we don't know, so we want you here with family that you know because this is safe and this is where you've lived, and that's yeah. what we've agreed upon. And that's all they need to hear. And most kids, they're going to be fine with that knowledge. Like, oh, that makes sense. I remember that there were like one or two nights where Ann called me and said, hey, none of my roommates are going to be here. Like, the house is completely empty this night. Would you be okay if I had Hank and Sarah sleep with me. And I allowed that. Mm -hmm. Because there was nobody else there. Yeah. I mean, I know that Anne loves them. I know that she's not going to put them in a position that hopefully would harm them. Hopefully she would not put them in a position. Yeah. She's going to do her best to protect them and make sure they're safe. Right. So. Okay. So at what point did Anne come back into the picture. I mean, you filed for a divorce on February 14th. What do you mean come back into the picture? Of like really being wanting custody and like taking the kids more. Like at okay. what point did that happen? So February 14th, I filed for divorce. Yeah. And with filing for divorce, you have to, you know, serve them with papers. Yeah. So papers were served and that's when she came back into the picture. Okay. I obviously, I had it written out because the status quo at that time was the kids were with me full time. Yeah. So is that what was in the papers? So that's what was in the papers. I wanted to maintain that status quo. And that's when it all flipped and changed. And How did that conversation go? When came forward and said, I assume um, said, no, that's not well, the custody agreement I want. Or am I putting and, words in your mouth here? So Anne... She was, I, I think she was getting ready to leave on a trip. And I had served her papers right before her trip. And she wanted to go out to lunch with an attorney friend of some sort or a friend of some sort. I don't even know if it was an attorney. <laughs> to review the paperwork that she had been served. And in the paperwork, it, you know, this attorney friend let her know that, hey, he's asking for full custody. Like, do you know what this means? Like, do you really understand what's? Yeah. yeah. And so that's when she, after going to lunch with this individual, she came back and said, hey, 
I'm not going to sign off on this. We need to sit down with an attorney and go over all of this. So. And you were open to that? Yeah. So we did. So what did it end up being? Um, we ended up, well, we had, had conversations back and forth with, I decided to not have an attorney represent me. And she decided to have an attorney represent her, but he was kind of representing the both of us in the sense of she wanted me to pay like half of his fees, which at this point I was so grateful to talk to somebody who actually had their heads on their shoulders and knew what they were you know, talking about when it came to legalities. Yeah. So you agreed to that? So I agreed to it. Was that a good choice? Yeah, it was a good choice. Um, I obviously didn't get the full custody, but I got majority custody at this time. Mm. I had it written because my main thing was I wanted the kids to continue the status quo of coming to church regularly with me, which they were used to. And I wanted them to be present for family night. I wanted them to be as present as possible with maintaining the consistencies that they were used to. Family night, which in... The LDS well, church is Monday nights. Yeah, Monday nights. So I had it written up that every other week I had them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. She had them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then they come back to me Friday evening. And then I'd have them Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then it was every other Friday I had them. So it was the majority of the time. And every other Friday, we switch off. She'd have them every Thursday. Or, yeah. I think that's what it was. So then you guys... It's a weird schedule. Our schedule's normal now, Yeah, Steve. I'm making a face at Jessica right now. You can't all see it. But we have had some weird schedules. Yeah. I don't even know the schedule. I don't either. When the calendar says I have Penny, that's when I have Penny. The schedule has been set since the beginning of the school year. I know. It actually is. And it actually has been staying pretty close to schedule. Penny doesn't, Penny doesn't like it, though. <laughs> Has the, she told you that? No, she's told she me, told me she loves it. She's told me several times lately that she plans on talking to you because she doesn't like this schedule. Do you know where she hears that from? I haven't said that. You've said it to me in front of her several uh, times. <laughs> oops. Oops. Yeah, don't do that. Don't. I was don't. actually just going to text you this morning and say, this schedule is working so great for Penny. I think it's really starting. And now that we've been very consistent with it for at least a couple months, like the last two months we've been good about it, August... I guess it's been like three weeks, four weeks that it's been very consistent and it seems to be she's settling in. Okay, y'all, don't follow my example here. Don't talk about your custody <laughs> arrangement. In front of your children. In front of your child. Because <laughs> that is between the parents. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. We'll get into that later. And we do talk but to it, Penny about it. the time it's come it. up is at bedtime when she misses you because it's been so many days yeah. in a row at my house and she misses you and... That's when she brings up that she doesn't like how long she stays away from one house or the other. Yeah. She's getting a lot better. Anyways, we do, we have had weird custody agreements and that's just because we can talk about it. Yeah. And whatever works, works. And that's right. Has worked. <laughs> but I want to, I want to, yeah. Yours has been much more rigid. Yours is not. Oh, because absolutely. Because you guys so, yeah. have so to So you guys have had to very boundary. much stick to. Yeah. But we're not there yet in the story yeah. chronologically. No. But I wish I would have, because I know exactly where the original divorce decree is. Yeah. And I wish I would have read through it 
before this recording. Oh, that's all right. So you ended up with majority custody. Yeah. And so after that point, like, but I mean, I, how long did it take you guys to get an actual divorce? Do you remember how long that was? Because you filed after nine months, right? Yeah. And it took, it took probably a couple months. Okay. So yeah, it was that's pretty quick. pretty quick. Yeah. Which means you guys were willing but I remember, to work through But I remember things. this too. One of the ways that I was able to get a majority of my way is the fact that <laughs> when you're served papers, it's it pretty much says do not sell anything. It freezes your assets. It freezes all of ass all assets, and you're you're not supposed to be able to do anything like mm-hmm. sell or buy or whatever. It mm-hmm. Just assets are frozen. Well, one of the things that she did that kind of benefited me was she went and sold the car that that she had. Which is kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. Because then I was able to go to the attorney and say, hey, like. She's broken the. Yeah, she's broken. She's broken the. um, Breaking the rules. Yeah. And I could go to before the judge because it's a $5,000 fine if you do that. And I could say, hey, she broke the rules. And I remember sitting in his office and I told him that. And he looked at her like, (laughs) like, he's like, you sold a car? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was more of, Hey, like I want to be fair. Yeah. I could do this, but I'm not going to. So let's play nice. So what was her response? Why did she sell the car? Knowing that she wasn't supposed to sell a car. I don't know if she knew. Oh, okay. But yeah. But you. So therefore he's able to tweak it a little bit more to make sure. You no, it was more, not that I used it as a bargaining chip. It was more of, Hey, like let's play nice. Let's, yeah. be, let's be fair. So you took it as an, as an example. That was kind of a crossroads. You could have yeah. taken it to the extreme and screwed her over. Right. Of, of her own doing. It would have been like yeah, yeah. you had every right to be able to do that, but you chose not to. So right. you kind of set the standard of we're not going to be awful to each other through yeah. this process. Let's play nice. There you go. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. I was trying to get that across, but it just sounded like you're manipulating her. And I, I feel like there's <laughs> That's always, not what I meant. when you hear people's divorce stories, there's some point where a decision is made that sets the standard one way or the other. Someone makes some selfish move that then declares war. Yep. Basically. Yep. Where, and I don't want to give examples or anything, but you guys know what I'm talking about. We're like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Someone makes the choice of, no, I'm not going to play fair. I'm going to go for all of it. I'm going to go for all the money in the house and full custody of the kids and whatever it is. Or I'm going to stick it to this person who, you know. When really the only person you're hurting is your children. Yeah. I'm going to stick it to my ex. I'm going to do this. But really, it just hurts the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And why do you want to take someone that you could be in, like harmonious negotiations with and make it into an absolute all-out brawl. Yeah. Like why why yeah. is that fun for you? <laughs> Makes it hell for, yeah. from that for point everybody. Forward. For every forward. Anyway, any other questions for me yeah. during this time? So at that point, I mean, whenever the divorce goes through, is Anne in a position then to have the kids? And like, do you guys start sticking to that schedule? We start sticking to that schedule. <laughs> so... This is when I start to find out that even before we're divorced, I find out, <laughs> I didn't find out until after the right divorce. Right after the divorce. 
was finalized. That, oh, by the way, she's, I think she was three months pregnant. If I would have known that before, then I could have, I could have thrown the book at her. Would you have? No. Why? It just starts a fight. Would you have done anything differently? No, I wouldn't have done anything different. But I'm just pointing out, like, this is when I found out, was after the divorce was final. Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Well, come to find out she was already living with somebody. With somebody. And she was in more of a, a, consist- a, stable. a stable environment. And that's probably one of the reasons why she, you know, obviously that was a question in my mind is like, what is, how is she going to make this work? Um, yeah. So at that point, I mean, it's, it's good timing for everybody that she's in a more stable place. For, and that's better for the kids, better for you, you know, because you feel more comfortable with her having the children. She feels like she's in a position to have them. Yeah. And so then when the divorce is final, it starts being a consistent yeah. thing. Like you guys are sticking to the schedule. Yeah. But I had never met this guy. Yeah. Did you meet him before the kids started staying there with, with them? I did because I want to make that, that a point. Yeah. And it wasn't like... So person who I, is this person who I think it is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, but that's going back to the same ideas, Steve and I and Sebastian, to a point. I mean, it's not as blatant, but you do want to meet that person before and you want to know you should. who my, yeah, who my kids are around. And that should be a respect that is given to you by your co-parent is, this is who my daughter is going to be around. If you're living with them, especially, I feel like, like that's a, don't you agree, Steve? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you've always done that for me. Yeah. Before you usually introduce Penny to them, you usually make it a point to, like, we sit down and have dinner or something or whatever. So. Anyway. Do we want to get into that now when you met him? No. Oh, do you want to talk about when you met him? That would um, be a... I don't know. Do you remember when you met him? I'm going to have to pull out some memories. I remember when I met him. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. That is so funny. It is funny. Didn't you meet him at a park randomly? Yeah. Yeah. Our kids were playing on the swings. Right next to each other? That's yeah, funny. and I recognized your kids, Matt, yeah. from church. And I said, and like, you know, I was like putting two and two together, like, oh, this must be their mom and, you know, her husband, as opposed to only having met you as, as their yeah. dad. And so I went up and talked to him, and we had an awesome conversation for like an hour, hanging out at the park while our kids played. It is funny. This was to before me. you two were. Before Matt and I were yeah, together. Yeah. This was just, I just recognized them from church. Yeah. And I knew you from church. Yeah. And that is funny. I think it's funny how often I'll get stopped or like Penny will see somebody she knows and she starts talking to them. And then it's like, oh, so you must be <laughs> yeah. Steve's ex wife. Which well, is hard. It's like, because the parent's like stranger danger and like, yeah. wait a second. Right. Well, I think it's even funnier on my end because I think a lot of people assume Penny is you guys's. Yeah. yeah. Matt and Jessica's. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even, they don't know you have an ex-husband. They don't yeah. know that, you Sometimes, know. Sometimes, yeah. So, that, so the other day, two weekends ago when my brother was here in town, we were getting burgers at Boise Fryco and someone kept looking at me and I just, we never did talk, but I said to my brother, I was like, I guarantee you, this is someone that knows Jessica and Matt. <laughs> And, and is so confused out. right now about why <laughs> Penny, that they know is their kid, is here with this other guy. 
<laughs> we never did talk, but I could I could totally tell that that they was, were like, confused. That was the scenario, and they were trying. I could just see the wheels turning in their head as they were trying to figure <laughs> out who is this person that Penny's calling dad and why. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? Yeah. That would be alarming, though, as like somebody that didn't know the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that would be totally very disturbing to hear this little girl who you knew calling you dad right like yeah has right. he totally brainwashed this little girl like what is going on <laughs> well, it happens but if you ever listen to penny talk to matt she doesn't call matt dad no she calls yeah. matt matt and so if you ever paid attention to that then you'd be like wait she's not calling him dad <laughs> and i don't even know if this person could hear penny calling me dad but yeah, yeah. but still it would be funny yeah just all right all right, so next time. Next week, I'll, Matt's going to yeah. refresh his memory a little for us. Yeah, I'll share kind of the, the time when I did. The dynamics of that. Yeah, meet. We're going to give this, him a name? This new guy. Yeah, we'll have to give him a name. Cool. If anyone has name suggestions. <laughs> Penny's always mad she doesn't have a fake name. But she wanted to be Penelope. Uh, no. right? And then she tells no. me she wanted to be Penelope. She What'd told she tell me. You? I said, honey, if we give you a fake name in the podcast, what would you want it to be if you could pick your own name? Yeah. And she said, well, if you'd asked me this when I was three, I would have said Kiara Starfish. Kiara Starfish. <laughs> so. Every time we talk about Penny, yes, can we Kiara please, Starfish. Can we please start talking about our daughter, Kiara Starfish? <laughs> I don't know if I could That'd be pretty that. funny. She told Matt and I Penelope. And I'm like, that's the same name, except yeah. the longer version. That's funny. All right. All right. Thanks and for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right. Now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.